I was, you know, in my early mid thirties and I was complaining about being tired and going to bed early. And my friends would joke about that. And I'm like, you know, I just need my rest. And now I'm finding that that that's a symptom related to the disease that I, I had, if it would have been diagnosed earlier. Understanding what that is now, you know, I'm thinking maybe if I would have been a different race, that maybe they would have done additional testing or ask more questions because it wasn't believed that people of color in general got MS. Everyone has a story to tell, and we invite you to join us for the Multiple Sclerosis Diagnosis Journey podcast and listen to these unique stories. Greetings, and welcome to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast. I'm your host, Laura Kowalski, and with me today is Damika Cavalier. Hi, Damika. Hi. I'm so glad you decided to join us today and share um, with our listeners how you came to hear about getting a diagnosis of multiple sclerosis. So can you begin maybe by telling us what was physically wrong that sent you to see a doctor? So approximately um, 10 years ago, the main symptom that caused me to see a specialist was that I was having bouts of um, vertigo that would last for several days. The other symptoms that I had were fatigue and joint pain, but by far um, the vertigo was the most debilitating. I also was having a little bit of dizziness and balance issues. So my primary care physician referred me to an ENT specialist. Um, and so I went back and forth to different ENT specialists till about 2016. I did have an MRI at that time. And the conclusion of the radiologist was that the lesions were less likely due to demyelinating disease. So I um, took that report to separate neurologists and I um, was diagnosed with vestibular migraines. So, and no additional testing was done at that time. So, the ENT specialist, they did their complete workup. Um, and so, they thought that it may have been benign positional vertigo. But because the vertigo was lasting for days on end, they were like, well, maybe that's not it. But they didn't know, you know, essentially what to do or how to treat me. So, they were just like, it's, we don't know what it is really. And so when I went to see the neurologist based on a radiology report, they were like, oh, it's just migraine. So they treated me for that for several years. That sounds horrible because vertigo for people who aren't familiar with it causes the sensation of like the entire world is spinning. And oftentimes it's impossible to even take a step without falling down. So that's a horrible thing to be. And also ENTs are your ear, nose, throat doctors, in case anyone is wondering about that. So they thought you had vestibular migraines. Yes. And to this day, I am still being treated for vestibular migraine, even though I have the MS um, diagnosis. Yes. So it, it, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I, I'm, you know, <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> it could be a I, co comorbidity, but it could be one and not the other. Right. And so what ended up happening during that time, I was still being treated for it. It was still progressing, getting worse and worse. And I actually was thinking, you know, maybe it's the stress of my job at the time, maybe it's my lifestyle. So I ended up changing all 
example of that, I ended up leaving the job, which I thought was stressful. I changed my lifestyle, diet, exercise routine, all of that. And around 2018, I um, moved to Tennessee and I was, you know, in the best shape of my life, physically, mentally, had a my job was not stressful by any means. And what was classified as vestibular migraines became worse. And so the primary care physician that I was seeing at that time, she sent me directly to a neurologist. And it was when they ordered the MRIs that I had um, enhancing lesions. And that was when I was diagnosed with MS. So that was in 2018. So you spent several years working through this diagnosis and trying to find the root cause of your problems. That was actually in 2019. So wow. it was getting so bad, like 2018, even after I was not stressed and everything. And so with me seeing that physician and things not getting be- you know, better, she was like, I can't explain what's going on with you. And even with you taking the, you know, the, medicine for what was diagnosed as vestibular migraines. She said, you know, we have to send you to a neurologist. There's nothing that to explain what's going on with you. So were there other tests besides the MRI that were done that brought you to your official diagnosis of MS? No, there were no other um, tests at that time. Um, I'm grateful that I had the enhancing lesions because I'm fearful that if I would not have had them, that I don't know what my diagnosis would have been. The MRI that I had in 2016, there were lesions there and the report actually stated less likely demyelinating disease. And to me, that's infuriating to know that a radiologist said less likely, but did not completely rule it out. So there was still that possibility and no one pursued it on your behalf from the medical community. Correct. And I did see two separate neurologists in 2016, and they both concurred that it was vestibular migraines, even with them reading that report. Um, and I just didn't know enough. I, I didn't, I don't, I didn't even look up demyelinating to know what that meant or anything like that to advocate for myself. You know, maybe you should do something additional or look at this. So were you familiar with multiple sclerosis before this time? I had heard about it, but I I knew nothing about it. My whole thing with, with it being vertigo, I was thinking, oh, it has to be something with, you know, an inner ear issue. I was always thinking it's, it's an inner ear issue. Well, and that's a natural way to think, Tamika, is that, gee, I'm dizzy, I'm off balance. We know mm-hmm. how that works in the, vestibu- in the vestibular system of that balance issue. So that's a natural thing for us to be thinking. And We're not the doctors. We're not the experts. So we really have to depend on a doctor to be looking at at our symptoms and our history more closely and help do a little bit of detective work if it's not abundantly clear what the problem is. Right. So was getting this this diagnosis of MS a surprise then? It was a complete surprise. Complete surprise because I had no idea, you know, what the disease was. I I didn't know anything about really the symptoms about it. And even now I'm still learning every day, just speaking to different individuals who have it, just how different everyone's symptoms can be and and varying the symptoms are. That's very true. And do you 
feel like when you are pursuing all these problems with your symptoms that your healthcare professionals were taking you seriously or listening to all of it? Do you feel like they came to a quick decision? Initially, I feel like they came to a quick decision because I feel like they just concentrated on the one symptom versus everything else I was complaining about. And now I'm realizing that everything else was associated with it because, you know, I was, you know, in my early mid thirties and I was complaining about being tired and going to bed early. And my friends would joke about that. And I'm like, you know, I just need my rest. And now I'm finding that that that's a symptom. And I would have these, you know, joint pains and body aches. And I was just thinking, oh, you know, I overdid it, you know, when I work out or, or something or, you know, just things like that. Like I, I worked out too hard or just doing too much during a week. Like all of these things that was going on in my body, all of that was, could have been, you know, symptoms related to the disease that I, I had, if it would have been diagnosed earlier. You know, with your work with the Ride Council, we know there's a lot about health inequity, especially for women of color, um, mm -hmm. which you've identified yourself as. Do you feel that that played any role in taking time to get your diagnosis? Now, seeing that that person wrote less likely demyelinating, I, I believe that understanding what that is now, because, you know, I'm thinking maybe. If I um, would have been a different race, that maybe they would have done additional testing or asked more questions because now being a part of the different councils and everything like that, it wasn't believed that women of color got MS or people of color in general. We, it's very rare that we would develop MS. Exactly. And we hear that often that um, unless you're a white female, it's difficult sometimes to get the physicians to look at you and take that complete history and really do the comprehensive workup that's required for MS. Right. Well, do you have any advice for people who are perhaps on their own journey looking for what's wrong with them? I would definitely tell them that all doctors are not created equal. And, you know, it's okay to keep searching until you find a physician that will listen to you and take your concerns seriously. And, you know, just to advocate for yourself, because I, <laughs> I've i had a physician tell me that I was too analytical when I would question them about my treatment or drugs that they were prescribing, asking them questions about why they were prescribing certain drugs and what I can expect from the drug, things of that nature. And, you know, them tell me that I was just being too analytical. And I think um, you have a right to be analytical when it comes to your health. So, you know, don't get discouraged and find that physician that that is going to listen to you and be just as concerned about your health care as you are. So there you have it, folks. You've been listening to the MS Diagnosis Journey podcast with D'Amica Cavalier. Her advice for you is all doctors are not created equal. Be sure that you find a doctor to work with who you trust and you know is listening to you. And don't give up if you know something is wrong. 